The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, and excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. All right, well, on that pleasant note, of course, welcome everybody to the radio show. I'm your host, Bear Fjord. Hey, I, my it's my show. I'm going to beat you to death with a microphone. That's how this ends. I kill an MMA fighter. I'm Summer Helene. I am on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, the guy in the little American flag booty shorts, and the guy that's about to get smacked for hijacking my radio show, Bear Fjorda. And welcome, guys, to the show. We have a very, very interesting show today. Uh, one of the first things that I'm excited about, which sounds really ridiculous, is uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about Sedona, which I love, but there's some craziness going on. And we have a very special guest on, Jeremy Coleman. He's a pastor uh, at West, Met- West Metro Community Church. How can I not say that? I don't know. I'm waiting for you to figure West it out. West Metro. See, I can do that. West Metro. Oh, my God. West uh-huh. Metro Community Why Church. Why can I not say those two words together? It's okay. I got you. Oh, that's, all, that's why I'm your wingman. Okay. You're my wingman? I have to be. I like that. Uh he makes contact on TikTok. He likes to bring healing for people that have been broken, disenfranchised by the American evangelical church. Now, he got big talking out or speaking out against this song, talking about Modest is Hottest. Yeah, this the song itself, again, the name is Modest is Hottest. I wish I could remember who wrote the song. I vaguely remember his name. But the whole concept I, I don't it, want. I don't want to give yeah, the guy right, that wrote it. Any... I, I want to talk to the pastor. I want to talk to Pastor Jeremy. Exactly. I do not want to give credence to guy that wrote that song. Um, even in my own personal experience, I wanted to be a nun at one point in time. And my dad talked me out of it. He said, you only want to be a nun because you want to be a good person and you are confusing leading a religious life with leading a good life. You don't need to be a nun to be a good person. And instead I became an underwear model. So again, good with, father, yeah, my great dad, father right there. My great dad advice. talked me into being an underwear model because he figured I could get more reach and help more people that way. Than, than becoming a nun. So I, I really respect that. And I love that um, Pastor Jeremy has girls. I mean, he's seeing this from an incredible perspective. And I think him reaching out on TikTok gives people a way to reach out to the church. I know for people that aren't religious, we have people that are and people that aren't that listen to this show. Especially um, since he caters but to he's such opening a young up, community. Exactly. He's opening up the doors to to a lot of different people. And I, I love that he's reaching out that way. 
We have a lot going on in the news right now, though, and not a lot of it's very good. There is this weird-ass retreat. I'm going to start with this. There's this weird-ass retreat in Sedona, Arizona. Um, I love Sedona. I lived there for a long time. Okay. I... You know, you and I have gone out and visited Sedona. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm almost scared to hear how people are ruining it right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, well, so there's this place. Um, I suggest everyone doesn't go there. I'm just straight up saying that. It's called the Sedona Ranch Retreats. Do not go there. And why is that? Um, they've started this whole thing. They did it during the pandemic. Mask-free. Uh, let's all get together and share the virus. And now they're banning people that have been vaccinated for COVID-19. Uh, and their argument is their insurance doesn't cover these side effects. But if you want to deal with COVID naturally, come out, catch COVID, uh, do cupping. Do cupping? Cupping. You know that thing that, you like? That weird massage Yeah, that weird thing. massage to get rid of it's, COVID. It's, it's, I imagine it is the best thing in the world because I already have something similar to that going on regularly. I just can't imagine how it helps you deal with a virus like COVID-19. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. Well, you know so I mean? basically they think anyone who's had the COVID vaccine is affecting uh, people who come in close contact with them and are killing them and are now being tracked by um, uh, Bill Gates. Man, they're going to be really upset when they hear about things like, you know, drivers. License, right. It's like numbers, they're, they're shocked. Address, they think the government is com- they think the government is tracking them through a shot. <clears throat> Dude, they can't make money off you by tracking you through a shot. No, they make money off you spending your money online than yeah, tracking your information there. Pretty much. That's where the money is. I do it all the time. Please don't hate me, but it is part of my job. We look at what people go online. That's that's what's interesting. You're, you're, you're the people who buy the information from Facebook. Yeah, we do. Oh. Uh, so Ben and Jennifer Lopez, uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together, and they've started this whole thing of ex-couples trying to get back together. It's like a, like a TV show or a no, concept? No, 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 no. Co- concept. People are wanting to do this because Jennifer Lopez did it. Okay. That's kind of a go-to. If Jennifer Lopez does it, we all want to do it. No, what what separated them in the first place? Because I don't remember myself. They had different goals. I, I think I was a kid, I think, when they, when this was going on. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I was young. It was the early 2000s. Got it. Um, But essentially, they broke up. Things didn't work, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've got back together years later. Well, I think she got back together with him because it's good press. Mm. What's his face? Cheated on her. Oh, well, yeah, that would do it. So it's good press and it's good for her ego. Then, of course, we've got uh, Britney Spears back in the news, the conservatorship. Right, fighting to get freedom. She's not getting it. So Why? she's been turned down. Uh, she needs to file, essentially, she needs oh, to file oh, okay. the paperwork to stop the conservatorship. Here's the problem with the conservatorship for Britney Spears. Um, her lawyers are hired by her father, who's trying to keep her in the conservatorship, the lawyer that's working on her behalf is paid $10,000 a week. You guys can Google this $10,000 a week to be Britney Spears attorney. So it's in nobody's best interest to get Britney Spears out of the conservatorship. Uh, didn't her management team though, just like quit or something? Yeah. Because, because they didn't want to be associated with it. Yeah. There've been a lot of people that are now backing off, but these are people that made a great deal of money. They're saying mm-hmm. she's not capable of functioning for herself. But she hires 300 people on average every single day. She makes millions and millions of dollars. She's done world tours. She's done Las Vegas residencies. What she is is a dancing monkey. She's she's and a, yeah. She's making the money for everybody else who's uh, playing the little organ. 
And of course, she's not seen. Much and she's not. Well, she's she's not. And everyone turns around because she complained and said, "I'm only getting two thousand dollars a week." She's only getting two thousand dollars a week. That may sound like a lot of money to some people. That may be a lot of money to some people. Mm-hmm. She's worth millions and millions of dollars. She has her own perfume line. She has the right to spend her money. And then the next thing is she's being forcibly that her father is keeping an IUD in her to stop her from being able to have children. And he's banned her from getting married. So he's stopped her from being able to marry her boyfriend and stopped her to be able to have children. Um, I'm not sure how this is legal. Well, it's again, that conservative ship. And then when I did my own research about it, after hearing this whole thing, it's, it already applies. They're, they actually interviewed some different mm-hmm. lawyers about her specific one, and they're going through and all these different lawyers. One of them represented uh, Amanda Bynes or represents Amanda Bynes currently, and they're just going through and looking at these stipulations for and, and thinking to themselves, this is insane for someone in her position. I Not understand a, like, a lot why of it applies Amanda to people Bynes. who have – no, no. Like just for Britney Spears, the guy represents Amanda Bynes. But talking about Britney Spears, a lot of the stipulations that she has for her conservatorship, you would see for elderly people with high – like lots of dementia, dementia. high levels of dementia, people who just couldn't take care of themselves, who would end up somewhere in a ditch on the road if they didn't – if they were not in a conservatorship. And the way she spoke to the judge – She's lucid. She's very lucid, some, and now you can actually hear her uneducated coming through. She sounds like a child. Yeah, at times. She, she's very uneducated. But that's because she's, they didn't give. She her wasn't one. educated. No. So for those that don't know, I'm going to give you a little history of how Hollywood works, the unfortunate, not so nice side of Hollywood. Um, when you're underage and working in entertainment, I worked in entertainment underage. Both of my parents insisted I go to school. Both of my parents made sure when I went to my rehearsals. Um, and my auditions and things, my stuff got put away from me. My parents didn't touch anything. There are laws now in place because of, if you guys ever saw the original um, Adams Family, the guy that played Uncle Fester when he was a kid, all of his money was taken by his parents and he was dead broke when he turned 18 and their response was, we never said we'd give any of it to him. So there was a Coolidge law put in because of him. Uh, He went on to act for the rest of his life, but that law only says 15% has to be put away. Now, the parents can take very large chunks of it. You saw this happen with Shia LaBeouf. You saw it happen with Britney Spears. You saw it happen with Beyonce. So they can go in and take this money. It works one of two ways. You have parents like I did when I was underage. I was working full-time in the entertainment industry from about 16. If anyone looked at me sideways, my mother would start screaming jailbait. That would get them um, off pretty quick. Yeah, that got them away pretty quick. And if it didn't, that's the one you're like, okay, yeah, no, I need to be away from my, that guy. They, they even looked at me. My mom, my mom would scream head off. My dad took me to auditions. I was never left alone with anyone, not for one minute. Um, but I had to be old enough to learn the lines myself, do the stuff myself. Anything I got was put away for me. Um, in her case, it was the opposite. The parents gave her the minimum education where my being able to do these jobs was based on if I made certain grades or if I'm, if I met my parents' standards, um, she was given minimum, minimal education. Britney Spears is barely literate. And that's very common for child stars. Even today, most of the money is held by the parents. They only 15% is required to go to them. We saw it with Macaulay Culkin as well. This is why so many child stars sue to get away from their parents. The parents control every aspect of their life. Well, Jamie Spears, uh, her father, Britney Spears' father, has figured out a way to continue doing this into adult life. And he took a woman who was being hounded by the press 
had gone through a very messy divorce with Kevin Federline and was suffering from postpartum depression. When the records came out in 2007, when this happened, she was suffering from postpartum depression as well as depression because the tabloids were going after her. So you took, took a woman with postpartum depression, used that excuse to put her in a conservatorship. The judge, we found out at the time, and it's still public record, oh. uh, gave Britney Spears and Kevin Federline 50-50 custody on the kids. Yeah. Britney Spears' father gave full custody as her conservator yeah. to Kevin Federline. Britney Spears has paid a fortune to be able to see her kids. So what was done to her... Was Federline in on that, though? Like, he course, was okay? No, he was not. Okay. He, so he, he, no, they had a very messy divorce. He cheated on... The, the usual Hollywood drama. But he was okay with the kids still being there, my yeah. point. He, he, he is the one that has encouraged the relationship with the kids. Got it. He's publicly spoken out and said, look, the, if the kid's mum's happy, they'll be happier. Yeah. Um, he's the one that stepped in because there was a physical altercation between Jamie Spears, Britney's father, mm. and one of her sons. Kevin Federline's the one that stepped in at that point and started restricting contact when Jamie Spears was there. Yeah. So it was a really, really dark situation. If you guys want to find more about what happened and how it happened, you can actually Google all of this information. I'm going to say I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I made fun of uh, Chris Cocker, the guy that turned around that leave Britney alone. I made fun of him. I made fun of Britney Spears. I am just as guilty as everyone else. Um, but we did, we, we all, we all screwed up. We forgot she was human. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear on the cage, talking about depressing stuff. And when we come back, we are going to be on with Pastor Jeremy. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Vine House in Temecula, California. It's a gorgeous getaway. It's my new favorite Airbnb. We're actually going to go out there again. Um, And I'll send you guys some pictures. I know I always have them up online, and I know Bear always has them up. I'm going to welcome, of course, my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage. I have a million people right now texting me, asking questions about our guest. So I am very distracted. I'm just going to bring him on. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show Pastor Jeremy Coleman. He is a pastor at the West Metro Community Church. I got it right this time. time. I did. I said it right. Uh, Who reaches out on TikTok. And Pastor Jeremy, welcome to the show. Well, hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to get to chat today. And, uh, man, I tell you what, TikTok has been a, uh, it's been a wild ride for sure. So, What got you into doing TikTok? Well, I, you know, I uh, kind of honestly, I, my wife and I started uh, running across some, like, couples humor videos uh, on there, and I, I just thought it was really funny. So I was like, you know, we're going to – we're going to get on, I'm going to create an account on there and, uh, you know, just kind of start sharing some of these videos with her. Like I thought it was really funny. And, uh, I, I'm a marketing guy at, at heart. And so by trade and, uh, and I just kind of started getting it, getting interested. I was like, Oh man, I, I think I, you know, kind of get the flow of how this content works and stuff like that. And then on election day, um, in, uh, 2020, I showed up to my polling place here in a in a smaller town here in Oklahoma, just outside of Oklahoma City, and I drove up in my 4x4 pickup, and I hopped out. You know, I'm a guy with a beard and truck and boots, and I looked around, and I went, I bet everybody here thinks I'm voting like they are, and the joke is that I'm not. And so <laughs> I just, uh, I, I made, I made a, a, a silly TikTok about, you know, hi, I'm this pastor from Oklahoma who drives a 4 by 4 pickup and, you know, wears boots, and, you know, at the end of it, I'm like, but I'm voting for Joe Biden at the end. And, uh, and so it was, it was pretty funny. Got a little bit of love, a little bit of hate, but uh, it's been, it's been kind of rolling ever since. And I think, I think what kind of sparked it was people started going, you know, it's kind of the purple elephant complex. Like they, they looked at me and they were like, well, you don't, you know, you don't seem like somebody who would stand for social justice and equality and, and these things. Why? And uh, especially with the way that the evangelical church has been uh, in America uh, over the past, uh, especially four or five years, but I would say a lot longer than that, um, where it has, it has at times uh, been a place of hate and hypocrisy and bigotry. Uh, and, and so, you know, people kind of wanted to turn it over and inspect it. Like, why, why does this guy uh, not match some of the things that we've heard coming out of churches? And so it's, it's been interesting to kind of dialogue about that and to talk about things that I'm very passionate about. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's had its, its good days, its bad days, 
um, you know, I get a ton of love. Ninety nine percent of the things that I get from my amazing followers and the people on TikTok is all love. But then, you know, of course, there's uh, you know, there's the other stuff that happens as well. There's the trolls and the and the things that go along with that. But but it's been fun and, and it's been a blast. And I, I sure wouldn't change it for the world for sure. Well, you know, you're doing well when the trolls come out. That means you've got attention. So it does have it does have the benefits. I was gonna say the exact same thing. You know you're succeeding when someone hates what you're doing. It's true. It really is. It's it, unfortunate. It, it's it, it it is. It's crazy. But you know, I think uh, you know from yeah from a professional sense, like you know, anytime you have success, there's gonna be haters. And I think in a spiritual sense, or at least you know, when I think about my worldview, uh, anytime you're kind of. Uh, anytime you're kind of pushing back darkness, you're going to, you know, you're going to catch some, some flack for that. And, and so, uh, it's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. I, I, you know, I've had those encounters in public where I'm running into people and, and, you know, some of those encounters are good, some of them are bad, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of the things that I say on TikTok, and I'm I'm confident in the things that I say there because because I believe that's really what my faith is supposed to be about, and that's what loving people is really actually supposed to be about. And uh, so I uh, you know I stand by the things that I say, and you know the haters haters going to hate, and they you know this, that's their problem, not mine. Well, I think by doing this on TikTok as well, you're opening up to a bunch of people that wouldn't ordinarily hear from a pastor, and wouldn't. It- always be open to it. So I love that you're doing that. Um, you got, there, there was the modest is hottest the nonsense is hottest that song. came out and you responded to that. And that really kind mm. of sent you viral. What yeah. made you, what yeah. made you get involved with that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think that the church has done a really poor job um, for decades in the United States, probably probably since the inception of the church in the United States, uh, has done a really bad job of, um, of treating women fairly and equally. Um, the church has been a place of misogyny, um, and it has, it has suppressed women, and uh, I don't think that's right. And, and the biggest problem with the modest is hottest debate or the purity culture debate is the fact that we're, uh, we're telling women that they should be ashamed of their body, that they should be ashamed of who God made them. Uh, and, and that, uh, that, you know, whether they, because I've seen it go both ways, right? Like you're so attractive, you're going to cause a man to stumble. So you need to wear modest clothing or the other side of that is you're so ugly. So you need to wear modest clothing, you know, because that's gross. And both of those things are so disgusting and abhorrent to me. I, I honestly believe that everybody is created in the image of God, that they're created beautifully. They're created wonderfully. And we need to be investing that in, in women. And I have three daughters, and I want them to know that. I want them to be strong, fierce, independent, and empowered women. And I want them to have a voice, and I want them to fight for things that matter to them. And I want them to sit down at the table. I want them, I want them to make the same money that their, that their men colleagues make. I, I want them to have the same voice that their men colleagues have. Um, you know, I cried uh, on, on inauguration day as I watched Kamala Harris uh, take, take the oath of office because I knew that my girls would never grow up in a world where a woman had not been there. And, I think that was, yeah. And so, and, and so I think um, I, I, I just, so it was, it was something that's been very passionate to my heart for a long time. 
And so when when the controversy controversy kind of arose and there was definitely a lot of debate going back and forth on the idea of modesty and purity, um, it was an opportunity for, for me, honestly, in, in a very, very real way, to step in and speak on behalf of my daughters. Um, and... And and to and and to just add to the narrative for them that I you know I mean I had a decent TikTok following you know I think I was probably you know I was I was over a hundred thousand at that point yeah but um but I you know you never you never know when you're gonna have a have a video or a you know a, a, a handful of videos that go really big and you know getting opportunities to speak to so many folks like you know you guys and, and Newsweek has been uh, such an amazing thing to continue to talk about this. You never know when that's going to happen. But for me, it was really simple. It was like, I have to say something about this because, because it matters here at home for me, for me and my girls, that they need to know that they were there beautifully and wonderfully made, that they are incredible. They should be able to wear what makes them feel comfortable, what makes them feel vibrant, what makes them feel beautiful, what makes them feel happy. And they do those things. And, and that, and that the problem is, is that the church has got to quit taking all of the sins of the man and putting it on the woman, saying, well, you, what you're wearing is causing these men to stumble. No, 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 no. She didn't control your mind. She didn't control your heart. She didn't control your eyes. And it's not, it's not her fault that you decided to sexualize her beauty. I, I have so, to say, I, I always found it almost um, – inf- it, it, inf- it creates – it treats men as if they're infantile, as if they are not bright enough to have their own thoughts and they're somehow being controlled. I actually always found that particular argument rather insulting to men. Uh, yeah, well, it, because because it says it, because yeah, it's absolutely it right. It says they're idiots. It, it, it's it's, yeah, that they're idiots, that they're animalistic, that they're unable yes. to control themselves, and and that they're primitive, and that they mm-hmm. th- that they can never they can never mature past that point, and yeah, and that's dangerous. It's same, and it, well, it's the same arguments you hear actually for racism. Uh, the same yeah. arguments I hear towards men in in reference to dealing with women. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, it, it is it is very strange, and it, I, I find it fascinating that it, you know it's kind of almost like it's kind of like wanting to just not be smart enough so you don't have to be accountable. It's yeah. almost like I want to be stupid so I'm not accountable, and that that to me is so so ridiculous. And and but but it creates a culture of of misogyny. It, create, it creates a culture of abuse. And, and those things just cannot stand, especially when we're talking about um, f- being people who, you know, as, myself as a believer, being somebody who follows Jesus, I'm accountable for my actions. I'm accountable for my eyes. I'm accountable for my thoughts. And I'm also accountable in how I view my, you know, the sisters that I have all around me. And so when I look at women in my world, you know, I think about, like, I, my, my uh, in my day job, I work uh, for a, a local nonprofit, and I work with my my our agency is very heavily. Uh, it, it's very it, it, there's a lot of women that work there, not mm-hmm. very many men, and so I'm around a ton of women every single day, and it is it's a privilege to get to work with them because because of their their intelligence and because the things that they, the ideas that they bring to the table and the the amazing wisdom that they bring to the table and. 
I just go in every day and I have friendships and I have colleagues and I have, you know, people around me that I care about working with. I don't understand why men can't evolve to the point or why men won't, especially in the evangelical culture, won't allow themselves to evolve to the point where we can just be in a society together and, and, and appreciate one another for who we are. And, and you're exactly right. I think it's, you know, that, that it's this, I blame it on me being a, you know, a man who can't grow out of my animalistic mentalities. Well, I'm sorry, that's just not an excuse. I think the by and I find it very strange. On the one hand, we infantilize men by saying they're not capable of growing past this. The same arguments were actually used against the black community, saying that they were animalistic and couldn't make their own decisions. I think maybe if we turn around and say, all right, if you can't control yourselves, we'll just go back to uh, the same rules we had when we used this same argument to go pro-slavery. And then we just turn around and lock all the men up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to get so much nonsense for saying that. I'm just saying it's the same argument that they actually used. If you go back, it's the same argument that they used. So I find it very strange that the argument's being used two different ways. Um, We are going to go to break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking with Pastor Jeremy. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, and our uh, Bear Fjord, I guess I can give you oh, a name thanks. too. You're, you're you allowed to name last time. You know that. Fine. Bear Fjord, whatever. Uh, yeah. uh, and our very special guest, Pastor Jeremy Coleman. And uh, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going to ask you, uh, I, was, I know I went into this during the break and I wanted to bring it up here so I didn't finish the question. 
everyone has really strong ideas about Christianity, especially evangelical Christianity. Uh, they, they see it as more of a fundamentalist religion and very uh, oppressive to women, very traditionally misogynistic. What made you different? How did you, within this religion, at least that's perceived that way, I don't always know that, I don't know that much about it. How did you end up so different? Um, well, for me, it was, I, I mean, I find it really difficult to say that you're a follower of Jesus and then not look at how he encountered and interacted with people. And so the, the, the concepts that we're seeing played out in the, in the American evangelical church right now, especially in the fundamentalist evangelical church, is so far from Jesus and who he was and how he interacted and the teachings that he gave. Um, and so I, I look at I look at how Jesus, you know, specifically on this topic, I look at how Jesus empowered women inside of his ministry and how he uplifted them in conversation and and he 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 made them equals. And so I don't understand why we can't look at the way that Jesus interacted with women and go he called them equal, he called them same. And then in the same breath say, but every, you know, but men only can lead and women need to be silent and, you know, live out this misogynistic rhetoric. And I, so it, it just, I guess as I, as I studied the scripture and as I looked at it, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I think that was probably the starting place. Um, and then, you know, my wife is, is an incredible person. She's extremely, mo extremely motivated, doing some amazing things as, you know, with her career. And, um, and so it, it's just, I think, I think seeing the way Jesus taught it and seeing how important it is that, that women are empowered and, and given equality, um, at the table is so important, and it's something that the church has to fight for. And until they do, they will not be able to shake looking misogynistic, because quite frankly, right now they are. Well, since we're discussing the, um, the purity culture right now, and misogyny is a greater whole, what do you think the church's response should be to the current, uh, current issue, the current dilemma we're talking about? I think the church's response should be, you know, kind of what I've said a few times, especially on TikTok, is, you know, women don't need to change their clothes. Men need to change their mindsets. Um, and, and I think the church needs to, needs to mature itself to a place where they believe in having women in leadership. And they, you know, there, there are a lot of churches that do, but there are still a lot of churches in America that don't. And... So yeah, the, I'm, the I'm a Catholic. To, we can't even get a female pope. I get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and so, you know, I, I think that the church needs to do a better job of not just saying we, you know, because I think the fundamentalist American church, the evangelical American church has tried to say that they appreciate women, but yet they still don't offer the same opportunities to women. And so I just... I think that the church should put their money where their mouth is. If you're, if you say that you 
believe women are equal and you believe women are qualified and you believe women uh, are, are valuable, then, then allow them to lead in your churches. Allow them to have a voice at the table. Allow them to speak. And so I, I, think, I think that's how the church should be responding. But unfortunately, the modest is hottest conversation, the purity culture conversation has driven a wedge because so many churches want to respond exactly the opposite of that. I mean, I I, I could make I've made a hundred videos on TikTok of of pastors standing from the pulpit and saying the most absolutely misogynistic abusive abusive things you've ever heard, and and people amening it to death because they believe that way. And I could make a billion more videos just like that because every Sunday there's a pastor in a fundamental church that thinks he's got to go on a tirade about how women should dress and how they should be quiet and how they should be submissive to their husbands and all of those things. And I, I just, I, I think it's, I think it's old. I think it's tired. I think it's well past time that that's dead. And, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess for me, calling it out is the least I can do. And, and I, I want to do that on behalf of my girls. I want them to grow up, not just in a country that empowers them, but also if, if they believe that, you know, they want to be a part of the evangelical church or part of the American church, that they are in a safe place. Because here's ultimately the issue, is they are, they are, in essence, creating cultures of abuse with this. So oh, it's not just women are, women are supposed to be silent and submissive, but now they can sexually and physically abuse these women because they, it's a power, a power trip for a lot of these men and a lot of these pastors. And so it creates a, a culture of abusive, toxic uh, religion. And, and so it's, you know, it's a cult. It's a cult. I, I'm going to really, uh, we take a lot of questions from, from Twitter and different places like that. I'm going to ask you a question from Twitter, but I'm actually going to respond to one. Uh, to the, to okay. the, the idiot that's calling him a simp. He's married. He's not trying to get in women's pants. That's part of the problem, you tool. Listen to the whole show. Uh, sorry. Um, sorry. I was like, I, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, now, one of the questions we've got here is how do you balance religion and modern, I, modern life? I think that's life. It says modern life leave, but I think it's modern life. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think we just, I think we just live our lives the way that, you know, that, that we feel like is, is good and honest and loving and compassionate. Um, and, you know, we, we enjoy the people around us. We enjoy the things around us. We, uh, you know, enjoy modern medicine and, and all the modern <laughs> things that, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic is, you know, these, these yep. Christians who are, you know, anti-vax and, uh, you know, all of these other issues. And, you know, they, they just, they want you to pray more instead of taking, instead of taking antidepressants and I, all I of that is great, so dangerous. I had a great priest. He turned around once when, uh, he's an Australian fellow, very blunt. His name was Father Northey. And we were online, he's on Facebook, he's chatting with me, and I was chatting with him and Father Sal, who's a priest friend of mine from San Francisco. And we talked about the anti-vax thing, and he said, well, vaccines and modern medicine is just God answering our prayers. That's exactly right. right. That's, 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 a, 
good way of looking at it. He goes, besides, uh, even if, you know, he said, why, why bother giving man a brain if he's not going to use it? I said, that's fair enough. He also pointed out he was a little drunk at the time. He'd found the communion wine, but it was a good point. Oh, man. I like that. It's Australian he, for you. He was, but he's, he's like 97 at the time. He can have as much communion wine as he wants. Yeah, you know, I got to say this. As a, as a man growing up in America, I, I say man, but as a person growing up in America, growing up without religion, I don't have one particularly right now. I'm agnostic is what I identify as. Listening to you speak and listening to your points, I would never have guessed you to be a pastor in United States. Not not a single bit. I think, and as and that is a compliment for me. Because you don't particularly like religion. Because, because if you did sound those people, my automatic response would have been to dismiss what you had to say. But because you come across the progressive so in the moment, so forward thinking, I'm immediately like, man, if, I ha- if I'm going to listen to anyone's word of God, it's going to be this guy's right here. Okay, I may need your help to uh, get, get him over to our side. I've been working on it. He's not listening to me, so I may need your help. Um, Pastor Jeremy, just right to say it. Um, so for you reaching out on TikTok, you're getting a much larger audience and a much younger audience. You're obviously resonating with them. In the backlash, are you seeing backlash more from older conservatives or are you seeing it yeah. from people who are really involved um, and have been, are being, are currently being that raised that way or people that have been raised that way? It is, it is mostly older conservatives or, you know, I would say people in their, uh, I think probably the youngest or people, you know, in their 30s or whatever who are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, married and settled down in small southern towns across, you know, uh, the, uh, the south here, you know, Oklahoma and further east of us, whatever. But I, I think, um, I think it is. I think it's a lot of white uh, nationalistic American first Trump evangelicals is, is who it is to, to, to call them specifically by name. Um, and it's, it's sad, uh, because they don't see how they are hindering an entire country from progressing further and, um, into, into being better by empowering women in our culture, by empowering people of color, uh, by, by being a safe harbor for immigrants and for refugees. Um, those are things that Jesus was about. Yeah, and it's, not like, it's I, not like you guys hung out a sign that said, give me your poor, you're tired, you're sick, you huddled masses yearning to breathe through. It's not like you put out a sign <laughs> saying, send them here. Um, yeah. <laughs> just saying. There's like, like a whole harbor. I mean, you know, yeah, like, right? it's the whole thing. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's in the Bible. There's a sign on the door. I just, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> sign on the door. Yeah. Uh, something. When you talk about uh, people of color specifically in America and the discrepancies there, women of color, uh, especially trans women, but women of color are usually treated far worse and treated as if they are more promiscuous and are expected Mm. to dress even more modestly than white women because white women are given the presumption of purity, innocence, and goodness. Um, So this plays even Mm. harder in communities of color than it does white communities. Um, so you being out there, I think makes a great deal of difference, especially to, I've watched women, uh, specifically women of color, young girls on your TikTok responding to you 
just happy to hear that because they haven't heard that at all and they're used to more the fire and brimstone and being told there's something wrong with them. So it makes a yeah. big difference. Well, and it, and it, break, it breaks my heart <clears throat> because I, I, I wish... I guess if I were just to call a spade a spade, I, I, I wish I wish the church would just act like Jesus. Like you say you love Jesus, you say you read the gospel, and yet here Jesus was, an immigrant and a refugee himself. Here, here Jesus was a person of color himself. He was not he was not a white man with blonde hair. No, it, like, it was I, a little I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And and so he, and 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 here Jesus was who who interacted, I think about, I think about Jesus's interaction. I think it frames not only the topic of racism, but also the topic of, of purity culture and misogyny inside the church. When I think about Jesus's encounter with the woman at the well, the woman at the well was a Samaritan woman who had been married five times, was living with a sixth man, and was going to the well in the middle of the day because she had been shunned and shamed by all of the people in her community. And so all the other women would go early in the morning, culturally, and they would get their water, and it would be a time of social gathering. She would go in the middle of the day because she wasn't allowed to be with other people. Yeah. And what's fascinating is, is that she was a Samaritan, and Jesus was a Jew. They were sworn enemies there were major racial tensions between the two of those groups. And Jesus not only went to a woman who had been married multiple times, you know, was, you know, living with somebody out of marriage, you know, all these things that conservative Christians say are so evil, but also a woman from a culture that the Jews hated. And she was a woman. He wasn't supposed to engage with her because she was a woman, period. And yet Jesus went to her and asked her for a favor. And he began the dialogue with her. And he poured life into her with his words. And he intentionally sat with her and gave love to her. And so if we can't read that, and see it inside biblical, historical, and cultural context and realize Jesus was stepping out of the religious status quo. He was stepping out of the cultural status quo. He was stepping out of the historical status quo. He was changing the game right before their eyes. If we can't look at the scriptures and see that, you're just not reading about the same Jesus I am. I find it interesting you you went to her rather than Mary Magdalene because I hear from a lot of people to, that are very into purity culture the story of Mary Magdalene and how she cleaned it up to hang around Jesus. And I love that you went and told a story about a woman that wasn't expected to change who simply got better by knowing him. I really do like that. Yeah. I love the story you chose. And I think it's a very different viewpoint. Um we don't usually talk about religion on the show. For anyone out there, I'm, I'm Catholic, so it's um, I'm religious, bears not. But I think the morality you're teaching when you talk about bodily um, and, uh, anatomy. Uh, I cannot do English today. It's okay. Bodily it autonomy uh, and what a woman's worth, I think that goes past religion. I think that goes into morality 
as a whole, no matter what religion someone comes from. And I think it's incredible coming from you because the view and the judgment towards the evangelical community is not always positive. It's you, seen as a very oppressive community. You're a person in a position of power who, in a normal sense, for what Americans would grow up seeing, would be having talked down to these young women or raising them to be afraid of their bodies and insecure about their bodies. But because you hold the same position as those other pastors, other men, and you're bringing them up instead, I think what we're trying to convey here is such a fantastic thing. I think I, you're a blessing to everyone that's heard you. I think it's important also uh, to know this and hear your response about this. If you had to talk to some of these young women, or I'm sure you have at different points to your TikTok channel, what would you say to someone who's gone through the treatment uh, or at least the improper treatment, being raised to hide themselves, being raised to be uber submissive and uh, whatever the whatever it might be. What would you say to someone who's been hurt by growing up this way? Uh, I, I would I would start off with an apology on behalf of the church. I would say I was sorry, um, and because I know that there's a lot of harm and damage that comes from that. Um, and I know that there's a lot of pain that comes from that and a lot of trauma. And so the first thing that I would want to say is, you know, to that, to that sister, I would, just, I would just want to apologize to her on behalf of the church and say, you know what, this is not what God intended. This is not the church that he, the way he wanted the church to act, and I'm so sorry. Um, and then I would continue that by saying, and I, and I have had these conversations, Barry, you're right about that for sure. Um, I, I would continue that conversation by saying um, that I would want that young woman to know that she is that she's beautiful, that she's loved, that she's accepted just the way she is, um, and that and that she should be proud of who she is, that she has been designed just to be the way she is, um, that that God knit her together with His hands and 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 put her together in just a perfect way, and that she is created in his image and she is loved and she is valued and she is appreciated. Um, and that so, there are, there are, Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, does your church stream its services? Can people tune in and listen to you? Because there are a lot of people that want to hear you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, absolutely do stream our services on Facebook and there's, there's a link, uh, in my bio on TikTok that people can go find. So you can just follow me on TikTok, Jeremy C radio, and then the link uh, to, to watch this is in my bio. And we'll of course put up links after the show so you can check him out. We have about five minutes left uh, with the show. Is there anything you want to say to everyone out there who's listening? Well, I just, I would say the same thing um, that I, that I want them to know that they're loved and valued and um, that, uh, you know, that there are, there are, still Christians out there who want to, who want to fight for goodness and justice and mercy, um, and equality. And, um, and that, uh, that there are Christians who are seeking to love God and love their neighbors passionately with no strings attached. And, um, and that, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of folks who have been hurt by the church, who have been broken by the church, who have been disenfranchised by the church. Um, but just know, because the American church has treated them that way, that that is, <laughs> that is not God. God loves you. God values you. God cares for you. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I would say. 
and someone needed and someone needs to say that to these young individuals to I, the people I think who it's have incredible. Whether they've grown up with it their whole lives or they're just getting into the church itself at any point in their time or age, that's something they need to hear. At the end of the day, their God's there to love them. It doesn't matter what they're doing, what they're wearing, or any of the such. It just matters that someone's going to be there to take care of them. Well, I think I think that's incredible. I mean, you know, I it sounds terrible to say everyone's treating what you're saying as groundbreaking because you're saying treat people with respect, which sort of goes with the do unto others thing. It shouldn't shouldn't be treated as groundbreaking, but it really is from this perspective. So I really appreciate hearing it. Um, Everyone can find you on Jeremy C radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just Jeremy C radio. Um, TikTok is my main platform. I post on there uh, almost every day. And then uh, I also have Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on there, but I'm not as regular on those platforms. And so, uh, but definitely find me on TikTok. And um, yeah, it's it's good. And I, and to add to your point, you know, just briefly, I, I think I think people do need to hear that because I mean, we're we're just in such a time, especially coming out of a pandemic and people feeling so so separated. And um, I mean, there's you know, gosh, I, I've talked about on my on my. Uh, content a lot how you know i went back on antidepressants during the pandemic and um you know that this is a difficult time and people just need to know that they're loved and, and we need to have each other's best interests in mind and and to your point it is sad that that it's groundbreaking that we should you know that the church is like saying that there's somebody in the church saying hey let's just love each other but i think at the end of the day um i, I i've said this a few times on my content i want to keep talking about it until what I'm talking about is boring and it doesn't sound groundbreaking. I want people to go, oh, yeah, we do love our neighbor. Yeah, we do love women. We do love people of color. You know, we, we absolutely care about these things. And so um, I want it to become normalized, and, and until, it, until it is, I'm going to continue speaking out. Well, thank you very, very much for doing it. And I know I'm not a spokesman for all women in the world, but as a girl, especially a girl that was raised in a uh, very traditionally – misogynistic religion no offense i love my priests that i grew up with but still it is it's really nice to hear something different yeah. so thank you um guys thank you very very much for joining us check out pastor jeremy i'm going to put up a link here's the pastor that's been speaking out against this purity culture modest is hottest modest is hottest bs i kept my language clean for this show i even behaved for myself um, thank you for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, Pastor Jeremy. If you want to check him out, I'm going to put up a link. It's Pastor Jeremy Coleman. You can find him at Jeremy C Radio. We'll put up a link. Go watch his stuff. It's amazing. And it, you don't have to be religious. It's really just a good watch. Have a look. Listen to him. It's entertaining as hell. I should not have said that that way, but it's entertaining as heck. It's entertaining as heaven. I screwed up no, the ending. Yeah. Pastor Jeremy, thank no, you for no, joining no, no. <laughs> Hey, listen, it, listen. Hey, no, it's 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 uh, it's definitely good shit. You guys should go check it out. For sure. <laughs> there we go. I'd like to remind All everyone right. every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.